Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Last week we did listening, so this week it's reading and it's the turn for general training. But don't go away if you're academic. We're going to do two difficult general training texts and all English is English, whether it's general training or advanced. So there's lots of great vocabulary in this episode. It's a section two, which means it's more difficult than section one. It's divided into two separate texts and they are all gap fill. So we'll be looking at more gap fill strategies. The reason why today's I think is more interesting and useful is that it's like a, a workflow. It's a procedure and we talk about this a lot in the academic texts. And this time it's a great example from the general training text. And it's a procedure for border crossing. The title is Border Crossing for Commercial Vehicles. So it's a set of instructions for drivers and motor carriers operating commercial vehicles um, going from the US into Canada and, and vice versa. That's the introductory paragraph. Let's look at what this procedure involves. Um, first of all, it says before setting off. And this is where you'll get your first capital letters where to find the information really easily. Before setting off, to speed up the border crossing, use PAPS. I don't know what that is. It's capital P-A-P-S. So I quickly look to where it is and it's pre-arrival processing system PAPS, which is in the second paragraph, as I would expect. So I go to that word and then look at what gap I'm looking for. And it says, for this, send your something details and current vehicle inspection documents. So before you set off, you need to send some details. What kind of details? When using PAPS, you need to provide information about your shipment. That's it. Shipment details. And it's one word is allowed. That's shipment. And you can see that you're in the right place because the next paragraph says you'll need to send proof of current annual inspection for your vehicle. So that is your current vehicle inspection documents, exact um, synonyms for that stage one in the process. Now, the next stage is before arriving at the border. So the next paragraph starts before you arrive at the border. So you can get this done really quickly and leave yourself plenty of time for the more difficult text in part three. So check that documents such as something and birth certificate passport are ready for inspection. So. They've told you birth certificate and passport must be ready for inspection. What else is in that list? It says, make sure you have all your paperwork up to date and ready to present at primary inspection. You'll need a photo ID in addition to your birth certificate or passport. So you can cross off birth certificate, cross off passport, what's left, 
a photo ID. Oh, and I'm sorry, there's no more than two words, not one word. So you are allowed two words. Photo is one word. ID is considered two, uh, one word because it's an abbreviation. So two words in total, photo ID. Next, question 17. Make sure the something are on inside the vehicle. So you have a clue there. It's plural. So something which needs to be on, which is inside the vehicle. Drivers must also turn on interior cab lights. Now, three words there. Which one do we take off? Well, they said inside the vehicle, so you can take away interior. And that leaves you with cab lights. Two words, that's okay. They only want lights. Make sure the lights are on inside the vehicle. But do make sure that you add the S. It's the biggest loser of points if you drop the S when you've already got the right answer. Um, 18. Check that the something in the vehicle can easily be seen. We don't know if it's singular or plural here because of can, a modal verb, doesn't help us. Um, so what do we need? Something in the vehicle that can easily be seen. Open all interior drapes. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Oh, that's Siri, sorry. <laughs> uh, open all interior drapes or blinds to sleeper areas for easy inspection. So what do you need to do? Open interior drapes or blinds to sleeper areas. That's it. That's the answer. The two words, sleeper areas. For easy inspection, synonym can easily be seen. It is plural. Remember the S. The next stage in the process is at the border when you actually get to primary inspection. This may be the only stop if paperwork is in order. Non-US Canadian citizens must have a visa and go to the something area to complete an I-94 card. So you've got a number there. You quickly look for the number I-94 and you find where do you need to go to do that. It says I-94 cards are available only at border crossings into the United States. Drivers who clear customs at primary inspection, and that's already given to us, will be instructed to report to immigration to fill out the I-94 card. So you report to immigration. The answer is immigration, the immigration area. Brackets, there is a small something for this. Hmm, what do you expect if you go to this kind of area and you have to fill out a card? Do you expect to pay? What does it say? It says um, the charge 
for the I-94 card is $6. Okay, so there is a small charge for this. Charge is the only word. Tricky, quite tricky, but there's no other options, to be honest. And that's it. That is the first part done in about five minutes with quick skimming and scanning. So let's go on to the second part, completely different, not related. It's called Appendix Dealing with Absence in the Workplace. So, you know, in general training, the first part is about everyday life, social life. The second part is more related to work and um, professional administrative areas. And this is what these are. So dealing with absence in the workplace. This appendix considers how to handle problems of absence and gives guidance about authorised and unauthorised absence of employees from work. If you're not used to reading this kind of text, I would recommend you just do loads of general training texts. They're so often related to something in the workplace. And there's a whole set of vocabulary related to this kind of professional area. And um, yeah, I think I mentioned in my last podcast it's, you know, it, 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 the, the best place to practice IELTS is IELTS. Of course, read in your free time. Read whenever you can, obviously. But if you're doing really focused practice, then get an IELTS text and you'll start to see this same vocabulary being repeated all the time. I mean, in the last one, we had photo ID. I mean, I've seen that in so many listening part one gap fills. Um, it's unbelievable, really. And of course, familiarity with this kind of language increases your speed. There's, it's as simple as that. Um, the gap fill title is Absence in the Workplace, and it's divided into two uh, stages. First one is the employee's rights. And the second one is the recommendations to employers. So there's the employees and the employers. And there are bullet points. The first bullet point talks about the rights of people with disabilities. Um, and it gives an example. They can get help with issues related to disabilities, e.g., for example, the provision of a suitable something. So we're looking for what you could help, how you could help somebody with a disability. And in the text, it's the first thing they talk about. The employer should consider what reasonable adjustments could be made in the workplace to help the employee. This might be something as simple as supplying an appropriate chair for the use of the employee. An appropriate chair is a suitable chair. So chair, C-H-A-I-R, is the answer. And this time it is one word only. The next bullet point, provision of arrangements to deal with any work-related something. So you'll go to the next line. It all goes in order. Work-related something. 
In cases where an employee suffers from an allergy caused by something in the workplace, the employer should consider remedial action or a transfer to alternative work. So what has been caused by something in the workplace? The answer is an allergy. And the synonym caused by something in the workplace is work-related. The answer is allergy. Now, of course, you don't have to worry about spelling here because you're taking the words from your text. Just be mindful that I've heard some languages say allergy. And if you're talking about it in the speaking test, it's a j sound, allergy. The next bullet point talks about time off work to deal with short-term problems of something. Short-term problems of something. If the absence is because of temporary difficulties relating to dependence, the employee may be entitled to have time off under the provisions of the Employment Rights Act 1996. So they can have time off. Time off is a synonym for, oh no, it's the same in both, time off work, to deal with short-term problems. We've had temporary difficulties. Those are the synonyms. Relating to, and the answer is dependence. Dependents are the people who depend on you, like your children, for example. And the spelling is noticeable because it ends A-N-T and it's plural S. Now, normally we talk about dependent on or independent ends with an E-N-T. And I'm sure that they are trying to trick you here. They are hoping that you will spell it with an E-N-T and they don't accept that. It's only with an A-N-T and remember that is in the text. You don't need to remember it, you just need to copy it correctly. Um, 24. Possibility of arrangements that are something to help with domestic responsibilities. So, arrangements that are something. In cases where the employee has difficulty managing both work and home responsibilities, so home responsibilities is domestic, employees have the right to request flexible ways of working. Flexible ways of working. So, possibility of arrangements that are Flexible is the word. Again, uh, you don't have to worry about spelling, but in the listening test, you do. They do like these words which end with I-B-L-E or A-B-L-E. And they're testing the same thing here, that you're spelling it not, not flexable, but flexible. Then we go on to the next set of three bullet points about the recommendations to employers. First recommendation, make it clear that absence is a possible reason for something. 
So the third paragraph starts with employers, so it's easy to find. Um, in order to show both the employee and other employees that absence is regarded as a serious matter and may result in dismissal, it is very important that persistent absence is dealt with firmly and consistently. So what are we looking for? Make it clear that absence is a possible reason for something. And we said it may, that's the possible reason, result in dismissal. That is the answer. Dismissal with a double S-A-L. Next bullet point 26, ask employees for consent before contacting their something. Okay, so who would you contact if an employee was absent? Um, so we're looking for a person. Records showing lateness and the duration of and explanations for all spells of absence should be kept to help monitor levels of absence or lateness. If the employer wishes to contact the employee's doctor for more information about a medical condition, he or she must notify the employee in writing. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so who would you contact? Their doctor. You have to ask for the employee's consent, means you have to get their agreement. Last one, number 27, you should identify employees affected by something and provide support. So what could employees be affected by? Must be something negative. Consideration should be given to introducing measures to help employees, regardless of status or seniority, who may be suffering from stress. That's it. Employees suffering from stress and the synonym affected by stress. Double S, of course, uncountable and no need to add stresses or anything. <laughs> okay, so that was a general training, section two. It now completes my mock test five. If you're in the members academy, you've got the full test there. And now you've got all the explanations for when you do the test by yourself under timed conditions and then submit that onto your progress tracker, which comes as a, a free bonus as part of being in the Members Academy. And I can see your progress and see uh, how you're doing and advise you. Um, thanks for listening today. I hope you have a great weekend. Make sure you uh, go to Instagram and Facebook for my daily uh, posts from all my podcasts. So if you're stuck for time, you're busy, then every day there's just a one minute or a two minute activity that will really keep you uh, keep you on your toes, shall we say. You can never stop learning IELTS. It's a language. So if you do something daily, that's what I recommend, even if it's just quick stop for one minute on Instagram, 
stop scrolling, do the one minute listening. And every time people say, tell me every time they do it, they learn something. Could be a new word, could be grammar, could be asking me a question about something, could be punctuation, could be spelling, something you will learn from doing that one minute practice on Instagram or Facebook every day. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.